Welcome to From the Field, episode number 15. On this episode, we continue our four-part series on the topic of what to do when you're feeling fried. Welcome to From the Field. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I serve as the executive pastor of Ridgeline Church, and I'm also the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. And if this is your first time joining us, From the Field is a podcast specifically geared toward pastors and ministry leaders, where Tyler and I do our best to have honest conversations every week about both the highs and the lows of pastoral ministry. And as we mentioned at the top, we're currently in a series that we've called What to Do When You're Feeling Fried. Uh, We all know that 2020 has been a brutal year for the world, and it's taken a unique toll on pastors, and so many of us are feeling fried. And so the question we're wrestling is, is is what do we do when we feel that way? And so in part one, we discussed the importance of increasing the time that we spend with Jesus. Last week, we talked about the importance of trusting God by taking time off. And on that note, you just got back from uh, a short vacation that uh, you got to go to the happiest place on earth. It's, it's really your happiest place, but it's really our yeah. happiest place. Yeah, that's so right. So you, you got to spend a few days at Disney World. Yep. So I'm very curious. I think everyone wants to know, what is Disney World like, like in the midst of the weirdness that is COVID and everything. Yeah. You know, I, um, so I do enjoy me some Disney world uh-huh. and specifically like, I like the parks. Yeah. I think sometimes people hear that and assume that I just watch like Moana on repeat or something. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily like you like Disney movies, but you're not yeah. like sitting around watching Disney <laughs> and Moana is an amazing pick by the way. Right. I, yes. I will say just to plug for like, just to understand the detail and the passion of a great company uh, on the plane ride there and back. I yeah. watched the Frozen behind oh, the scenes thing on Disney Plus. I'm so telling good. you what, it's just it's mind blowing it the is. attention to detail. It's no wonder the impact that company has on culture and the world. Yeah, because they just care about everything. Yeah. So anyway, so that's a that's a plug for that. But uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, it is always a place that I go to, I kind of have a timeshare thing down there. Disney mm-hmm. has something like that. When I left uh, Starbucks, I bought into that and that's been a, a huge blessing to me and to us. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so I think as a part of it, that's kind of become like my vacation place. Yeah. And when it closed as COVID began, that was really weird yeah. because it's uh, only closed a few days ever uh, for hurricanes. It closed for a couple of days right after 9-11, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. And so since 1971, when it opened, uh, I think it was closed for uh, like four and a half months or something like that. It just opened, uh, began reopening like the end of June for the resorts and then the parks the middle of July, and now uh, everything is reopened for the most part. So um, there was just part of me that like – one wanted some sense of normalcy. I did not mm-hmm. like that they were closed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even being like a good like uh, purchaser of something like that's where my timeshare is, and it's mm-hmm. closed down. And so yeah. I just feel like I want to make sure everything's fine. Yeah. Um, and just like I don't know, I think that it is a really happy place, and yeah. it's, it's it's very uh, immersive. Yeah, very immersive, very enjoyable, all of those kind of things. And so I really just needed a minute to like not 
think about mm-hmm. all things COVID. And I also think in general, I was really curious as to how Disney was handling it all. Mm-hmm. You know, how are they handling spacing? How are they? They do everything the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just like the way they do things is so thorough and so good that I really wanted to know after seeing how, I don't know, places like Chipotle and Walmart are handling it. Um, how yeah. <laughs> does Disney compare? Yeah. Uh, so and what, all of that. What, what, what did you see that you were really impressed by? Yeah. I mean, in general, I think... Uh, it's uh, super clean. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, are. They do a great job of keeping on top of people, like with their masks and all of that kind of stuff. They've even changed their policies several times as far as which masks are allowed. So I guess it's been shown that the ones with any sort of valve system mm-hmm. um, are not as effective, and so hmm. those are not allowed. Uh, the handkerchiefs or gaiters, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you sneeze, it can come out the bottom yeah. more easily. And so those are not allowed. And they just, in a very Disney way, make sure that guests understand they really have one option. Yeah. And the option is to comply with what they've asked or to get out. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, so many people talk about the rights and all of that, and we won't even get into that today, yeah. other than to say it's important to remember Disney's private property. Yeah. And just like anyone can say no shirt, no shoes, no business, they can yeah. say whatever they want. And if you don't do it, you have to leave. So. And I, I will say, too, like I one thing, I mean, I haven't been back to Disney yet, but one thing I would appreciate about that everywhere is just the consistency of it. Right. Like, you know, it, it's so weird to be like we're, we're living right now in a city where our entire county is under a mask order, like yep. mandatory mask order. And I can't believe the number of places I go in. And people don't enforce that in yeah. any way. And so it's it's confusing. You never know what to expect. And I appreciate the fact that they stay on top of that kind of stuff and yeah. actually implement what they've laid out. Yeah. And they, they've done it like it's not aggressive, yeah. but it's very clear. Yeah. I mean, like you can you know that if if you don't comply, there's gonna be some security guards up on you very quickly. Yeah. And it's gonna be handled really quickly. They'll have Mickey so. ears on, but make no <laughs> mistake. Right. They'll That's tase right. You. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the ways they were doing that, uh, when Disney Springs it was the first thing to reopen, yeah. uh, there were some stormtroopers that would assist in the escorting away Amazing. uh in very Disney fashion. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think that, um, yeah, so I liked that. I, I really loved, I mean, in general, they did a brilliant job with all the distancing, their ability to change, you know, like uh, change uh, even technology and check-in systems and uh, restaurant menus, all of those kind of things were great. Uh, the distancing on the ground, I mean, just the amount of work that went to putting up plexi walls in a lot of places yeah. and all of that. And I will say, with the exception of the fact that everyone was wearing a mask, um, you didn't really feel it at all. A- and as people have said, I haven't, that's the longest I've worn a mask uh, since the mask hole mm-hmm. thing. You know, I just <laughs> stay home and then I don't have to. Right. Um, and you do get used to it. Now, in general, I did choose to go to Orlando in the, the end middle of July. Of summer. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's not a place I like to go then. As a matter of fact, I think I've come back and made a pretty hard and fast rule that from like the end of May through September, I just don't go there. Yeah. Because it's just not fun. Like you're just sweaty and hot mm-hmm. and the mask part of it didn't help. Yeah. But you do like, you know, as much as you, it feels weird and this and that, once you have it on for that long, it just like, and everyone has it on and I don't know. And, and, uh, they did a great job cleaning and wiping down. I mean, the place was spotless. The bathrooms were spotless. The restaurants were spaced well. I mean, everything they did was great. And I think one of the things that we had talked about 
me looking for and going there was just like this sense of hope that something like that in the midst of this, there can still be fun. And, you know, and Mm -hmm. so of course you got to go to the happiest place on earth to check that out. Uh, And I think if Disney can't pull it off, then there is no hope. Right. And in all fairness, uh, I texted you a number of times, but I don't love people being up on me, especially strangers I don't know. Oh, yeah. So there's a couple of things. One, uh, as you stand in a Disney line, uh, especially in that time of the year, by noon, the B.O. surrounding oh, you yeah. is it's like gross. outrageous. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, there's a good six feet on either direction of you. So um, that's enough for the smell yeah. to not transfer. Also, uh, I don't know how this would do for sustainability or putting people through the lines, but I had boats to myself. I had whole ride vehicles. To, it was yeah. great. It was yeah. like it was like it was just for me. Yeah. Um, and so that part of it, I really did enjoy. I was able to, you know, not worry about like, you know, like so as you s- sit squished in a boat and have like the person's leg next Ugh, to you touching. I do not like a sweaty, sweaty leg touching and, mine. Oh gosh, that's gross. So uh, all that said, I think it was great. Um, I had. Uh, some meals that I really love down there. Um, it was a really nice time to unplug. It wasn't a super long trip, just a couple of days. Yeah. Um, my least favorite part was the flight. Uh, mm-hmm. The flight. Uh, I wish that once you're seated and not up, they'd let you remove your mask, but you can't. Your mask on um, the whole time. Yeah, the yeah. whole time, without question, unless you're eating or drinking actively. Yeah. Um, I flew on Delta and so they've done a great job of making sure that there's spacing, that mm-hmm. the middle row is moved out, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so I loved it. And I think that what I needed it to serve as it mm-hmm. definitely did. Good. Uh, it was, it was different and you know, you can't park hop right now and the, there's no nighttime shows and all of those kind of things. And I hope that as we all behave Mm -hmm. and this gets better eventually. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more than anything. Like I have to keep in mind at one point it was like closed all the way. Mm -hmm. And now like it was quiet Mm -hmm. and a lot of things were walk on and Mm -hmm. it was really unique and it had a little bit of a weird vibe. In Mm -hmm. some ways I loved the weird vibe, but in general, like it's possible for things to move forward. And for me, especially in thinking through the kind of whole topic of this series, that was Super therapeutic. So I guess yeah. we're gonna do a five, a fifth week of <laughs> plan your trip to Disney. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, we are the third thing we're gonna we're trying to practice actively, and we're gonna talk about today in this season is the importance of drawing other people into the unique fatigue that we experience as pastors and ministry leaders. Um, we we need everyone needs someone or a small, and preferably even a small group of people that we're able to talk to just simply about where we're at. So there is the, there's the larger principle that we'll probably do a whole series on at some point about the importance of having people that we have drawn into the deepest and oftentimes the darkest parts of our lives. Sure. Um, but today we're specifically talking about this in the context of COVID and the fatigue that comes with just being alive in 2020. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the major lesson for me over this year, just generally speaking, has has been that no one is healthy alone. No one can get healthy alone. No one can stay healthy alone. We were designed for community. We were created for community. We can't thrive apart from it. And so as ministry leaders, I think what's really problematic is that we're like super intentional about preaching it and not very good about practicing it a lot of the time in our own lives. 
And so let's talk about just a couple of the things that can be an obstacle for people okay. uh, to actually drawing people in. So the three that came to mind for me were fear, shame, and depression. Depression. So yeah. we can talk about those kind of one at a time. But the first one is this fear that if I open up to someone that I'm going to be judged. There mm-hmm. is this perception like I'm a pastor I'm spiritual, whatever that means, and I should be uh, as if we are supposed to be above being human. Yeah. And and so there's a fear of if I open up, I will be judged, and there might even be consequences. And I think what's unfortunate uh, is that sometimes that is actually a valid fear. Yeah. That, I mean, I heard just a couple of weeks ago of a pastor that was literally fired because he said that he needed to get therapy. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, you know, we know someone who went down to Florida um, for kind of an inpatient uh, counseling. Yep. Uh, what, what would you call that? What it was like, was it was like a, I think it ended up being like a month long intensive. Where yeah. It was like an inpatient, inpatient intensive. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and as they came back and, and shared about their experience and just, uh, you know, they like, are a part of our church and, mm-hmm. and serve in different ways in our mm-hmm. church here. And um, they said that the people there who had also come from churches, it's yeah. a, it's a organization that markets itself to churches yeah. and staff and all of that. I mean, those people were either going to be let go when they returned yeah. were no longer allowed to serve in the same capacity when they returned. And granted, we don't necessarily know the circumstances that led those people to be there. Sure. But based on uh, the person we know's understanding, uh, it really was crazy. Like they couldn't, yeah. and so much so that they came back kind of expecting, like, all right, so when do we have the sit down where this happens? Right. And that just didn't happen. Yeah, we're not talking like people were there because they stole money or people, or it was people that yeah. were going to, there was going to be, con- yeah, it's just like, you're a human yeah. and you're fallen and you live in a fallen, broken world yeah. and you're having a hard time. And yeah, as and a result, you're going to be penalized as a result right. of that. Right. And so I think that fear is valid. And so because of that, I think you really need to know your context and be very careful. We'll talk about the types of people we should be looking for. Sure. But fear is a very real reason why I think sometimes we're reluctant to, to open up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the challenge with that being a reason that you're reluctant to open up is that fear can cause you to stay in the place of fatigue and fried longer. And then that leads you down path to uh, be more susceptible to sin, be totally, yeah. all of those kind of, and so then it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. By the time you finally share, yeah. you don't just share, I'm almost fried. You have to share like, and the six undergirding yeah. things that are a part of it as well. Right. And, uh, and some of those things will get you fired rightfully. So exactly, (laughs) exactly. And so it's a little complicated, but that's why I think as this begins, that's where the conversation needs to happen. Yeah. When, I mean, when you are reluctant to share out of, because of fear and you don't, and then you literally commit the seven deadly sins, (laughs) you should probably get fired at that point. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, fear is one. I think shame is another one you know, that there is this deep thing in pastors, in ministry leaders, in people in general that, that thinks like, I'm bad for feeling this. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's an entire stream of theology that says, if you are faithful enough, if you do sure. pray enough, if you do have enough faith, you won't feel these things. And it is caca. That's caca. What, that, that, that was, All right. that was the, the least explicit way I could think to label what I think about <laughs> that kind of theology. Sure. But it's just, it's trash. And yeah. it, it makes people feel shamed. Well, and it's really challenging because oftentimes in relationship with um, 
with those people who sort of perpetuate that, mm-hmm. uh, man, are those people good at being loaded up with Bible verses yeah. that, well, the joy of the Lord's my strength and right. I can do all things. Through, and, right. and I don't say any of that uh, to imply that it's not 100% true, mm-hmm. but it's also just not as easy as like, re- right. like saying a Bible verse, like an incantation. It's right. not a Harry Potter spell that right. like comes out. Yeah. And so it's also not um, all the Bible says, right? Exactly. There are those verses in the Bible and then there's sure. whole books and whole chapters and yep. other verses that are very, uh, I think, strategically ignored. Sure. As a, as well. Sure. So fear is one they reason. They don't go on a bumper sticker. Really <laughs> yeah, well. exactly. They're just too. Lamentations just doesn't read well <laughs> on the back of your car. Doesn't seem like it fits. So fear is one reason. Shame would be another. We wrestled a little bit with how to articulate this third one, but yeah. we really did land on depression. Yeah. And um, and I, I think that that is. I think for a lot of people to even acknowledge that word can be kind of a scary thing. Totally. That I might be feeling depressed. Yeah. Um, But what comes with that, just to kind of frame that for people, is the reality that, like, I feel too tired to even talk to someone about this. Sure. Like, we were joking about this before, but it's almost like I'm too fatigued to even talk about my fatigue. I for sure, like you and I meet on Fridays Mm -hmm. and we kind of do this like soul deep dive into where we're at, how we're doing. Soul deep dive is probably the best thing to call it. Yeah. And, uh, and there's for sure been weeks where one or both of us are just like, I just don't want to do this today. So then we watch a West Wing. So then we watch a West Wing. That's right. (laughs) We don't do it all the time. Not all the time, but some, but legitimately sometimes there's a, there's a point where we both look at each other and we're like, yeah, we're not, we're not in a place to talk today. And, and so I, like, I think that when that happens once in a while, that's one thing. Yeah. If that's your all the time, that's a real problem. Yeah, absolutely. It can't be West Wing all the time. No. Well, I wish. I wish, yeah. yeah. So so we need, like, no one's healthy alone. We need to draw other people into where we're at all of the time, but I think especially right now. So let's just talk a little bit uh, here at the end about the type of people uh, we should draw in. Because I would say it shouldn't be anyone and everyone. No? No. <laughs> Not not just like point number four in the sermon this week? <laughs> nope. Not just anyone. Listen, World Wide Web. <laughs> Come close while That's I right. tell Start you a Start a podcast where you whine on it. Um, so I think there's a particular, there are particular marks that we're looking for in people. And I would say that one of them is certainly maturity. Okay. Um, meaning that I think a type of maturity where... You're talking, especially if it's someone that is a part of your ministry or your church, that it would be someone that really genuinely gets the fact that pastors are not X-Men and that they struggle too, that we're normal, that we have all of the same hangups and struggles, and we might have a a unique gift set that allows us to serve in this capacity, but we're not a different kind of human. Sure. And there is a... Like I, I think I've seen this especially with maybe newer believers at times that don't really understand how spiritual growth happens and but that elevates pastors and some pastors elevate themselves yeah. um, to this place where they are like they're superhuman. And the reality is we need to be talking to people that get that's one of my favorite things about talking to you is there is no sense of like I'm not shiny to you. You <laughs> barely care about <laughs> <laughs> or it's what's good about talking to my wife. Yeah. Like, we used to always joke about this. I just started in the room, the podcast again today. Yeah. 
I, this was the 72nd episode. Do you know how many episodes my wife has listened to? Oh, I can make a good guess. And well, I bet zero I'm right. is the zero answer. Is the Not one <laughs> episode. I've talked to some fascinating people. Yeah. She just doesn't care. And sure. every time I come home and I say like, hey, I got to talk to so-and-so today, she'll be like, mm, you're so famous. <laughs> in the most condescending yeah she oh, does yeah. not and it's important to have people that love you and respect you but that just don't sure. care about that yeah and i think a part of maturity as well is thinking through uh it's not necessarily an age thing but really mm -hmm. thinking through especially as a spiritual leader for people uh making sure that you choose someone uh that can handle that yeah, i think that good. appropriate disclosure is good at all levels regardless yeah. of who you lead or this and that but i know uh, one of the kind of errors i've made in the past is uh taking someone who viewed me like primarily as their pastor mm. and trying to engage more deeply as a friend mm -hmm. uh there was oftentimes like an age gap as well and that just didn't translate well yeah um and as much as you know they wanted to be able to be a confidant and things mm -hmm. like that it just didn't like that just like the that dog don't hunt yeah you know and so thinking through there are gonna be people in your church like you said that understand that you're not a rock star because uh -huh. you're a pastor yeah. and people that have some level of spiritual maturity to where even if you are their pastor it's a little bit more like a peer relationship mm -hmm. I think oftentimes it's gonna probably be someone where there's not a huge age gap again yeah. I, I'm not a big fan that age marks everything but yeah. there is something to be said for life experience and sure. things you've been through and 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 God, God bless 18-year-old single men, yeah. but God they, bless they really don't understand the complexities of, <laughs> of being, in my situation, sure. of being a 40-year-old pastor, married, three kids. Like, you're just like, it's a win to get out of bed with your, and get your pants on in the day. Like, it's just a different, yeah. it's a, di yeah. and I say that as I was an 18-year-old man that was like, if I got out of bed and got my pants on the right direction, the day yeah. was a win for me. Right. It's just a different right. season of life. Yeah. I think that's an important Absolutely. point. Absolutely. And so I think it's really um, using some discretion. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always the person that you think or all, you know, but to really think through like, who do I know that like is going to like this um, disclosure and this act of vulnerability, it's mm -hmm. going to add some value uh, really back to yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, I think our situation is unique in that we've been friends for a really long time. Sure. Lots of people don't have that. Most right. people don't have that. Um, and so oftentimes it is very healthy for it to be a relationship that is outside of your church yeah. that really can just care about you and yeah. doesn't also carry the weight of the ministry that you're leading. So I think both are important. I think when, mm -hmm. when you're only friends yeah. and the only people who know you live outside of your church, I think that's a really lonely way and dangerous totally. way to live and lead. But um, to have an option of that, I think is good. Yeah, I think, because I, I do know some pastors where their exclusive relationship like that mm -hmm. is another pastor at another yeah. church. And I think that that's, that's great. You should have some of those relationships, but you do need some people who can like understand the point of reference that yeah. you're talking about. We're there to maybe like see what you went through yeah. versus just speaking anecdotally based on, well, hey, when I had that elder experience, I did yeah. X or Y. Yeah. Not like, yeah, I was there in the meeting with you and that was rough yeah. or something like That's that. Good. So yeah, I think I think it's good to have uh, kind of multiple 
Um, but, but to your point, having it just exist outside your church, I do think is one of the ways that sometimes as pastors, we can, uh, still keep a lot of walls up yep. because, you know, especially if it's a pastor, like on the other side of the country yeah. or something like that, they I just, just don't think know. it's super e- yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the first thing we're looking for is a, is a particular level of maturity. Uh, a second mark would be what we've labeled as, uh, someone who can really practice discretion, mm. meaning... Um, it is, and this is, I think, especially true when it is someone that is in your church and ministry. Sure. You need to be very confident that whoever that person is, is not then going to leave their conversation with you where you have opened up and been Mm -hmm. vulnerable and then tell everyone else about it or anyone else about it for that matter, that they really can be trustworthy with that information. Yeah. Because if you've ever had that come back to bite you, which I have, like there's been times yeah. where I've said something and, and I think people do it for different reasons. I think, I think there is, you know, if you've made a really bad decision, you might've opened up to someone that genuinely wants to hurt you. Sure. That happens. And then sometimes we've seen a, a particular type of person that, um, because of the maturity thing, I think, um, really loves the fact Mm-hmm. that they have an inside view oh, yeah. to your life and they want other people to know because it makes them feel good. Yeah. And so they leak little pieces of information yep. and they don't protect you well. And that is extremely damaging as well. Totally. So uh, we're looking for maturity, discretion. And then the last one would be uh, humility. Yeah. Um, meaning that they're as you, when you open up, that they're going to encourage you and not use it as the opportunity to lord it over you. Totally. Like one of the things we've talked a lot about over the years, like we have seen how the uh, XP lead pastor relationship goes south so frequently. And one of the things you've always brought up is do not ever, ever hire a guy. And I understand that's like very black and white and strong. And that's what we think. And you can disagree. (laughs) And it'll probably go bad. Yeah. Um, Don't ever hire a number two who wants to be a number one. Yeah. Right? Like because more often than not, like we are human and we are sinners and oftentimes that person will, I've done it where you vie for, like you are looking for the opportunity I want to be at the helm. And so if you find someone like that, that you open up to yeah, and <clears throat> they use that information as a way to lord that over you or to push their own thing forward, that can just be super, super damaging. So you need someone who's going to encourage you in the midst of it and not use it against you. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish that all lead pastor and executive pastor relationships could uh, exist in a similar way to the way that ours does, Mm -hmm. where that's the person, because that's the person who's going to know the most about what's going on from a ministry standpoint and all of that. I think at some point we'll hopefully uh, do at least one podcast, if not a series on like how to manage that relationship, how Mm -hmm. to grow it and all of that. But I think if you are listening and you're in that admin role, executive pastor role, whatever rando title your church came up with for you, but you know that that's kind of the role you're in, um, you know, continue to work hard to prove yourself trustworthy Mm -hmm. um, and and to be uh, a place that your pastor can go to and that you can go to as well. Uh, I think that there's a ton of value in having that, uh, not having to search outside for that. And that doesn't mean that you do that and that's your only thing. And and maybe you're still in therapy and maybe you still have friends and maybe mm-hmm. all of those kind of things. But I think having someone who's there day in and day out and is able to um, be that for you, I think is really important. And I think 
for those of you who are listening and have had that relationship go horribly wrong in the past, or those of you who've just heard about how badly it goes, all of that, uh, it's possible for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the other part of humility that's important um, is you have to find someone who you can meet with on a Friday and then the Holy Spirit's going to like use you to speak into their sin on a Sunday and they don't feel like, uh, well, what you shared disqualifies what that's good. You know what you preached, and so again, just that they they understand that um, that you know that you're God's messenger, that you're the spiritual authority as their pastor, um, and they're going to be able to continue to sit under that. And mm-hmm. I think that again, it uh, is a unique person, but I think um, not to like give a Jesus juke or anything like mm-hmm. that. But if you genuinely are listening to this and don't know anyone like that, like start praying for that person. Yeah, uh, I think that that's super important that those people do exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find them and trust them and all of that and uh, and pray that God would bring that person into your life yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's good. So we're looking for maturity, discretion, and humility. But, but the overarching big idea is just that none of us is going to get or to remain healthy alone. And so we need to draw other people into whatever's going on for us. And I think just in conjunction with what you just said, you know, if, if you are listening, I've said this before, but if you're listening and you genuinely look at your life and ministry and feel like I have no one mm-hmm. that I am, that I feel safe opening up with, then um, you can check out telio.church. That mm-hmm. really is a, a, the heartbeat behind it is to be able to be a friend and confidant and encouragement and coach and all of those things two pastors. And yep. so if you're in a position where you feel like I'm wiped and I don't have anyone I can talk to about it, just go to telio.church. There's an easy way to schedule a connect. And I'd, I'd love to have an opportunity to be able to, to encourage you because no one gets healthy alone. So that's it for this episode. Um, if you want to stay up to date on new episodes, then you can subscribe to the podcast, but you can also follow from the field podcast on Instagram and like our Facebook page. That's at facebook.com slash from the field podcast. And, uh, yep. I'm, I, you, you messed it up last week. I messed it up this week. Yeah. But you that get, was not a segue. No, that wasn't. <laughs> I was just supposed to, there was a period at the end of that where I was supposed to stop talking and then you were going to close. That's okay. We're going to be back, uh, and in all fairness, I think this is wrong. Aren't we on part four next week? Next week's part okay, four. Cool. Yeah, there's so all we'll kinds of problems. we'll be back with part four of what to do when you're feeling fried. So until then, we hope you have a great week, and thanks for listening. <laughs>